the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 80 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. Hey, what's up, everybody? Dan Tom here, analyst and host of the Protect Your Neck podcast. You can see my work at MMAJunkie.com as well as ActionNetwork.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck podcast, we break down high-level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully, it's before the fight. Recording this live. What's going on? Sorry, your ears there. Live, from uh, not on Saturday night, Thursday night, uh, of course, here on my YouTube channel, Daniel Tom, or Dan Tom MMA, where you can find me at Dan Tom MMA. Add the cheeky underscores, as you see in the name tag here. We have a little creepy thumbs up. A uh, little, little thumb of there. Uh, <laughs> if you want to find me on the old IG, already seeing you guys pile in uh, with the likes attached. I appreciate that. Look at that. Uh, the likes match the viewers. You know, it, you know, it's it, it, it's not a lot, but we're just starting the show, uh, and um, I'm happy you guys are here. I'm gonna give you guys the love you give me. It's the least I can do. Um, but yeah, thumbs up, positive ratings and reviews. Um, We'll do, be doing a quick shout, but yeah, we're here to break down, of course, uh, the fights. I should have said, before you listen for the fight, should plural, the fights, Bellator 300 and uh, UFC Fight Night uh, 80. Um, I didn't want to, uh, you know, uh, make the banner more complicated than it needed to be, uh, especially for the you know kind person who helps me. Hearts and appreciations. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I we are going to be doing a bit of a Bellator's uh, top... Uh, a little, little uh, product placement here. Uh, matches the shirt. Thank you, D-Love. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and yeah, we recapped on the last episode. Uh, the air quotes off week was not an off week. Side contender series still hit you guys here. Uh, with some Evergreen, as well as uh, released a top five heavyweights, uh, Evergreen on Junkie. We did top five middleweights here. And on that episode, I, I, I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad. I just wanted to, you know, get it done with. Maybe we'll have a faster episode here. We'll see. Knock on wood. Um, if you're gonna look for, if you want any kind of a recap for the last Bellator show or the last UFC show, um, go check uh, the last podcast. This is episode 374. So yeah, go check episode 373. There is timestamps attached. Um, so if you don't want to listen to it and you just want the top five or vice versa, you guys can do that. But uh, it was a winning night there, and that's awesome. So that's that's about all we're gonna say here um but yeah we'll be doing ufc vegas 80 ufc fight night 229 uh ufc uh fight night dawson versus green and of course bellator 300 which was four title fights but it will do three james kendrick quick question to start jack slack recently said that coaching is a different skill set to film study do you agree yeah absolutely i agree he mentioned that film study takes hours and some coaches don't have the time that is absolutely true a lot of coaches outsource it um, to uh, people like myself, Ghost Phantom, shout out to him in the chat. Uh, I know other friends of the show, analysts who I respect, Connor Rebush, has uh, done some for coaches as well in the community. It's not an uncommon thing. Oh, how could I forget? Of course, my guy, uh, Schwan Humes, uh, he's done it, for especially from the WMMA scene. Uh, plenty of people have done it. 
Um, but yeah, it is it is it is it is very uh, time consuming. I, I uh, surprise surprise, I agree with uh, Jack Slack there. Jimmy Kudo in the house, the enforcer. Uh, hi, boys and girls of the chat. Let's be positive today. There are already a lot of negativity around the MMA space. Let's let's cheer Dan on and have some uh, fruitful combos. Well, I appreciate that. You you don't have to agree with me or even cheer me on, though. I do appreciate y'all being here, and I definitely appreciate the message from Jimmy Kudo. I think we can agree with the heart of it. Uh, you know, as far as uh, there's enough negativity going on. Let's let's. Uh Let's keep it positive here as much as we can. Rhea Susan Truesdale in the house. Choose, Parker. Choose, Parker. Choose. Uh, saw Willem Dafoe, some Willem Dafoe 2023 title pop up on the uh, on the uh, streaming services. I don't really have time to watch these days, and uh, I always go into that Willem Dafoe. Choose, Parker. Um, Spider Man. Speaking of ghosts, the Enforcer number two in the house. Timestamps always look fresh and pro. Appreciate you. All right, guys, we're gonna get uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into it. Sorry, I thought of something funny, but it's gonna be classic Dan Tom, uh, weird, crazy, uh, hypothetical territory. Which is also uh, shout out to my guy Ghost uh, there from Colleague MMA Junkie. Also his territory. <laughs> so we're not gonna go down that road. I wanna stay on target. Stay on target. Um, before we get to Bellator 300, I do wanna pay off uh, um, iTunes ratings and reviews. Five star ratings and reviews. Uh, I want to get uh, some more fresh ones in there, and I'll go ahead and read off. So if yours hasn't been read yet, I will get to it. And uh, to encourage uh, yours being read to help the show for free, you can always do that. Uh, go to Protect Your Neck Podcast on iTunes, and uh, again, uh, smash the like button here. Appreciate that. Subscriptions, especially you know uh, with the with the, with the chaos that is uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter and what's going on there. It's, let's uh, let's build up these other ones, shall we? Uh, so all the follows and all that stuff is appreciated. MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, of course, supports this year's program. If you go to MixedMarshallAnalyst.com and you toggle to the right, there are click-through banners for Amazon and, or on it. If you shop through any of those, all you do is go to MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, click through the banners. That's just two extra steps. That's all it is. And you are at the site that you normally, I presume, shop at. And you go get your normal stuff, and for no extra cost, not even an extra penny, whatever you do decide to purchase, a percentage of that purchase will be kicked back to this year program, and it greatly helps. Of course, this show is completely out of pocket. Uh, I go in the hole doing it, despite the generous donations that uh, can, that, that have come in and continue to come in. Uh, recently got one from a longtime listener of the show through the PayPal donation. Again, it's a free program, and of course, it goes out of pocket from me, but if you want to donate uh, directly... Um, through a secure link, uh, PayPal, which I, I think we all should at least trust that one. I have a secure PayPal link. Of course, it is in my link trees for the, again, at DanTomMMA to follow me. But, of course, it is also on MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, the homepage. You might have to scroll down or maybe even toggle to the right if you're on the mobile. Uh, but, you know, you can get there. You can find it. You'll see the PayPal donate link. Uh, someone recently hit that up, and, I, you know, I was like, do you need me to place a bet for you at the counter? What is this? So, uh... Um, appreciate you guys uh, there. Mark Fellows in the house. Uh, land of the, Greetings from the land of the smiles. Thailand, I saw that post, my friend. The show will have a happy ending today. <laughs> you set up a Enjoy yourself, but not too much, Mark. Uh, always appreciate you, sir. You're in Thailand. What are you? What are you doing on this show on this live chat? You son of a uh, gun. Go eat some good food for me as usual, sir. And uh, oh man, oh man. Yeah, I still got to I didn't in the week off. I was supposed to make some calls uh, for that and reach out to the people. I I didn't. I've been so busy this week. I haven't even had time to pay myself. Like I've been able to invoice since Monday, and I still haven't done. I know nobody cares. I'm, I'm gonna move on, but I'm just that's how busy I am. My financial, mental, 
physical health has been put on hold just to get things done. Another crazy week, but uh, it's a three-event week, and I'm trying to get everything done by tomorrow because I'm actually going to go to the, that Sphere, which is crazy. I'm going to go to a show from there. I'm uh, going to go to a Darren Aronofsky play. So I'm really stoked about that. Um, yeah, yeah, gonna you know may or may not have some uh, some PAD PEDs to enhance the experience. Gonna be a fun time, we'll just say the least. I'll give you guys a full report on that. That's also part of the reason, Pat and Parcel, why I'm stressing a bit. So uh, we'll get through this as fast and as painless as we can. But I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Um, yeah, that's how you support the show. By the way, uh, the uh, Onyx click-throughs doesn't list anything, um, but the Amazon click-throughs will list what you buy. It doesn't list your name, though. So don't worry. I don't get any of your personal or financial information. Uh, I don't even see who buys it. So if you want to, you know, you want to have your... Speaking of Thailand, you you know, you uh, Mark Fellows, for example, just this isn't his style to party, but I'm saying if it's your style to party, you want to, you know, have the David Carradine experience, you know, the, just the Joe Rogan experience. Well, the David Carradine experience, huh? You know, uh, somewhere in Bangkok, there was a there was a, there was a nine year old boy that knows what happened in that room. Of course, he's older than that now. Uh, but yeah, as I beat this joke to death, you can buy whatever you want. You can buy the kimonos, the vibrating nunchucks, whatever you need to get your rocks off. I won't know as you, but you do can do it and support this here program. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna read off. Uh, somebody got it's a good year, 1985. They made it in 4K. Wow. Um, I, I've been in the habit of collecting 4Ks myself lately, uh, so I don't blame you. Clue there. Um, I don't know if this is the same person, but they also bought, this one wasn't cheap, 4K, Mandalorian Season 1 4K HD. Thank you for clicking through MixedMarshallAnalyst.com uh, for that. Um, big purchase, PlayStation 5 console. Wow, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, that obviously is a high-ticket item. That uh, you know, that definitely kicks back a, a percentage of your sale there. So uh, enjoy the PS5. Hopefully, you got some cool games. As I say, that Mortal Kombat One Premium Edition. Whoever bought the PlayStation is not messing around. They also got DualSense wireless controller, Midnight Black. Uh, speaking of vibra vibrators and, and childish jokes, uh, some of these descriptions sound. It wasn't PlayStation attached. Like the way they word their controllers, I would, you know, be like, wow, that's what they're calling it these days. I'm going to write that down. Uh, notes GIF. Uh, someone bought Flamma FVO Vocal Effects Processor Pitch Correction. That uh, pedal, That that's a serious little instrument that wasn't cheap either. I appreciate uh, you very much, whoever uh, bought that. Um, somebody else got, I'm going to guess the JFK and the Clue is the same person. Someone got JFK in 4K. And uh, lastly, but not leastly, um, Batman 4K. Okay, very cool. Batman. Uh, someone is you know going back uh, toward the mid uh, mid 80s and, and and beyond there, mid to late 80s there. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for clicking through the mobile. It's right, synchro wing. It is. It is Bane. Yeah, you just have to imagine the fire. Sorry. Uh, penis rises. Wait, Bane didn't say that. Damn, what version of Dark Knight did you watch? Jin Karasu in the house. I'm a David Carradine experience kind of dude. Fluffy handcuffs. Hey man, I'm sure they sell those on Amazon. So I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate not going to judge. And uh, you know whether it's for through David Carradine experiences or just like martial arts ones. I have someone tugging on my knee, so I've been in pain all week. And boy, was it a good time that I decided to order up with my guy D Love. Of course, the TumericTonic.com. I'm giving it a shake to the cameras. I got to. I'm gonna actually, as I usually do, when I have it in stock, have some here on the program uh, to help the anti-inflammation, uh, nerve issues slightly improving. But I haven't been doing my uh, massages uh, enough, uh, the self ones and stuff and what uh, whatnot. 
Although I had some of that cup stuff done for the first time, like it was crazy. I remember seeing it for the first time in China uh, at the Shaolin Temple, the place we were staying. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, and like, uh, <clears throat> it, this was like before it caught on out here. And uh, I'm not a big proponent or not trying to open up that conversation. It was whatever for the physical massage primary or even some electrotherapy stuff, which is really cool. Um,. But yeah, it was it was pretty it was it was pretty cool. It got, got itchy. If anybody who if anybody anybody uh, does those, who doesn't love the '80s? '80s is awesome, my friend James Kendrick. '80s is awesome. Uh, Rios and Shoes, they'll get me back on track. Tuna tonic, I can drink that. Can I get that through the click through? Um, I don't think you can get it through the click through. You got to go to theturmericktonic.com and make sure you use the code protect fifteen for fifteen percent off. Uh, but I do incorporate the click through. I can't. I don't know if it's my YouTube link. I'm pretty sure it's the YouTube link. Uh, if not, it is. Uh, let me click over here. I might be able to see, rat rat quickly. Um, if it's not on the YouTube link, it's on the iTunes link in the show notes. And uh, da -da -da yeah, maybe it's not on the YouTube link. I think it's on the iTunes link if you subscribe to the show. But yeah, it's real easy to remember. It's the turmericktonic.com and turmeric, of course, T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. Use code PROTECT15. We've got turmeric, ginger, some fresh lemon juice in here too, which uh, really does help uh, ease it when you're drinking it a little more in its pure form. But that's how you get the good stuff, baby. It ain't easy. The Amazon click-through. I want to support the show too. Yeah, that you can find at MixedMartialAnalyst.com. Again, toggle down, uh, scroll down, slash maybe toggle slightly to the right. It should be just an easy scroll down to see on the homepage there with no extra clicks once you go to MixedMartialAnalyst.com. Uh, that supports this here show. It's much appreciated. And again, I will uh, <clears throat> read off anything that Burgundy will read what goes on the prompter, folks. So uh, I just wanted to give you guys a shout for that. Um, on time, let's go 1322. That's longer than I thought. Let's go to Bellator. 300. We were supposed to have four title fights. And of course, you know, I've gotten away clean at this a lot lately, to be honest. So I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to go the, well, don't get the break here. Pull that card. Um, but yeah, it definitely burned me this week. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry for that. Definitely burned me this week because uh, I started with a, I started with a vacillation. You know me, Litton, Litton Vassal, the the, the too, too much vacillation, even at heavyweight, just too much, just a burst. Easy, Dan, easy. Uh, speaking of which, I might try to take a jailman fight week off. You guys don't need to hear me with my fucking dick in my hand going on about the jailman, do you? Uh, I mean, look at that that, that Vaseline even fighting and fucking losing it over here. Uh, Jesus, Dan, easy. No, uh, obviously, I, 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 I've been a big fan of Vassal because he's been cashing as, as an underdog for me lately. Uh, for those following along at home, and he was the one underdog that I was looking to play at Bellator. Um, I, I was thinking about playing Kai Kamaka if I could have found him close to his opener at 135. And there was a 150, which was still playable shock, in my opinion, in my usual range, as you guys know. But that left the door real fast. And to be honest, even at that point of the week, uh, I'm already too invested in some plays all across the board. As frantic as I am, don't worry. I got some plays coming your way. We've got a heavy slate. Heavy slate. We're going to see if we can uh, catch... Yeah, get some gabagool, then you don't even know what that means. It's racist. It's anti-Italian discrimination. We're gonna try to cash some, some checks, and uh, we'll see if uh, some fighters can avoid getting uh, their necks cranked. We'll see, um, or they can do the cranking in some cases. Um, Dan, Dan, get off the cranking. I know we're talking about David Carradine here, but yeah, um, that left the field. But yeah, you know, Kai Kamaka is now uh, he's more parlay piece material, up two to one. 
Um, so that brings us to, uh, we'll do the one that's not out yet that I just submitted, the final breakdown that'll be out on Junkie. Two of the three are out. But, of course, Liz Carmouche versus Ali Malay McFarlane. Um, got odds up here. Plus 205 McFarlane, Liz Carmouche, minus 270. I'm almost surprised it hasn't gone more just because McFarlane kind of seems like she's got one foot out the door. Uh, and I'm a big Alima Lay McFarlane fan, especially for what she's done outside of uh, outside of the cage. I almost said outside of the octagon. Outside of the cage for Hawaiian's rights, uh, women's rights, uh, speaking out about like things like you know uh, sex abuse at schools that like you know I've had family members go to. Um, like she's just like you know go Alima. Uh, so definitely rooting for her, but as trying to be an unbiased analyst. Uh, obviously, Carmouche, the more experienced, uh, more well-rounded, more dangerous striker, more power in all senses, from strength to punch power, pop power, and just, you know, the overall more impactful fighter for what the judges are, are looking for, right? So uh, even if Carmouche makes some bad decisions and gives some takedowns with the Deanna Benna fight, which is probably why it won't and shouldn't really get too much wider than the line already is, um, we've seen she can bail herself out with submissions. I don't know if she'd be able to do that against Alima Leigh McFarlane, who is, hasn't been stopped. And uh, it'd probably be more of a strike stoppage, right? And even then, does she, unless it's like a one-shot Kana Watanabe deal, you know, does she want to, uh, even Carmouche, as cold as she is, I know she comes out to that, that's me. It feels like I'm going to watch some really weird snuff film when she's walking out. It's kind of creepy, not going to lie. Nothing to do with her looking like your eye favorite thing. Carmouche is a, you know, so she's an absolute pro. Um, very much a fighter I respect you uh, for what it's worth I'm just you know, making jokes here folks uh, yeah uh, but, but no uh, she you know um, sorry where was I going with that um, you know does she you know yeah yeah as you know as pro professional she is though as scary and as business as she comes out uh, my point is is that when you have two training partners what I'm getting at you don't know how it is and then to add on that weirdness of former training partners you know um, and I'm not just talking about, you know, my anecdotal experience, which who gives a fuck. Let's talk about high-level guys, even from, like, John Jones to Evans, right? Like, it almost seemed like John Jones was playing with them. I'm sure he was favored to get a finish that night. I don't know what the odds were for whatever it was. Was it UFC 144 off the top of my head? But you get weird fights sometimes, right? Um, and uh, maybe that's not the weirdest one, but that's still, you know, there's still an argument to be made there as far as what you're... Um, expectations for something like that is uh, sorry if you hear my dog eating in the background here I'm just glad that he's eating he was kind of not doing well earlier old Benjman's got a surgery scheduled for uh, November so uh, we're going to wish him the best for that and get some tumor removal um, but yeah um, this fight could be really weird it's probably going to go to decision and there's not enough juice you know the plus 105s to plus 110s or whatever maybe, if it's, maybe those prices are even gone for Carmouche by decision Nah, uh, stay away from this fight. I'm going to pick Carmouche, though, by decision. Um, next fight, uh, another female title fight. We've got the Featherweights, uh, Chris Cyborg, plus 550, or minus 550. Jesus, plus 550, minus 550. Kat Zingano, plus 390 with a comeback on Kat. You guys know I'm a big Kat Zingano fan. Um, but you could argue that they're showing, even with this wide of a, sp a spread, they're, sh you know, they're showing uh, Kat some respect here, uh, considering the typical Ronda Rousey-like odds we typically see in WMMA, especially with Cyborg fights, right? Um, but Cyborg, you know, say what you will about the Amanda Nunes fight, you know, it was really unfortunate, you know, she, she uh, kind of faltered 
there you can you know argue that you know some other fighters maybe she's had like brief flashes i believe in one in one of the blanco fights i believe one part of the second fight um but uh she's really fought smarter not just on the stand up uh but her clinch and her ground game have always been underrated her wrestling and her clinch fighting both striking and wrestling in the clinch wrestling overall defensively offensively open mat wrestling so on and so forth which allows her to have really devastating ground and pound but maybe it's the cobrina influence she's been working a lot on her jujitsu really being much more positional there um now does that mean she's going to do that uh carry that trend against someone like kat zinganu who thrives off mat wrestling hitting reversals maybe she's much more disciplined and stands out maybe that in turn limits her ground and pound right um but Cat is also so relentless that at the very least they're going to end up um, fighting in the clinch uh, and having back and forth exchanges. Now, the worry here, because I played the over 2.5 rounds at plus 125, 1.5 units, because I just think this is going over. I think Cat is underrated for people trying to make an under, uh, argument for her. You know, she is older, but she's been through a lot. She's kind of had to get through and changing her, you know, adjusting her body. I think she's done that. Her style really hasn't changed too much. She's really got that sloppy kind of southpaw scrap. You know, uh, she'll, you know, kind of go from head kick and shoot low. Uh, I think Cyborg is going to be able to sprawl on those and shut those down. But her durability is really good on the feet. You know, she just had that toe-to-the-eye stoppage and the weird Ronda Rousey round one stoppage. Um, you know, like outside of those moments... You know, she goes. She she's either finish or goes the distance. Uh, so I think between that, between you know, cyborg, between the game catching up, between her fighting smarter, people getting better, a confluence of all those things. Um, she's not getting people out of there as fast either. Even air quotes outmatch people, unless it's like maybe like the Sinead Kavanaugh's of the world, right? Like if you look at it like dating back to Ibragamova or whatever from uh, Invicta and shit. Like her fights even have kind of been quietly going longer. Um, so I actually think the over 2.5 rounds is value at plus money. I hit it at 1.5 units, and then I did the typical, you know me, any excuse to sprinkle rounds 3, 4, and 5, whether it's a fighter I'm picking or not, which we'll maybe talk about in the UFC breakdown. Um, rounds 3, 4, and 5 usually have value. They kind of know what they're doing here. Uh, so it's, you know, Cyborg plus 550 round 3, Cyborg round 4 plus 700, Cyborg round 5 plus 1200. Perhaps you can find better lines out there. It's kind of hard to find Bellator round props in general. But, of course, I did the .17 U on all those uh, for some added bonus in case, uh, you know, she does get the finish, whether it be by submission or forces a stoppage by strikes. Because it's really going to have to be a traditional uh, or attritional if she gets a stoppage in either form on someone as tough as Kat, even at this point of Kat's career, right? She's 41 years old, cyborg, my age. She's a 1985er as well, speaking of 1985 strong. Uh, cyborg, 38 years old, so... You know, um, due to due to fall off, but uh, she's obviously also an outlier, right? Uh, so uh, it it is tough to say there. So uh, I'm actually gonna go with uh, with over. Uh, obviously, that's more Cat's victory too. Is that it's gonna have to you know go over unless she catches like a arm bar. You know, she's got a, a wicked arm bar from her back, although she caught it against. Again, no offense to these ladies, much lower level competition in arm uh, in Bellator. So you you gotta weigh that, and even then, she kind of went. Uh, to decision most of the time um so yeah i got the over there uh going the opposite in usman versus usman Nurmagomedov, of course lightweight champion uh he is ringing in at minus 1300 of course undefeated plus plus Nurmagomedov's your last name 
Um, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, what you do or look like. You're going to get those odds probably. No, just kidding, but it's, it's very deserved. Of course, he's facing former Bellator champion Brett Primus, or as Michael Chandler likes to say, Bent Penis, which I think is very mean. That's what the kids say. Just not, not what I say. I'm throwing it out there. Uh, plus 700, plus 790, I should say. Uh, you know, uh, he's cashed at plus 550 odds in the aforementioned Mike Chandler first fight. Uh, but, yeah, this would be the biggest odds that Brent Primus would cash out if he were to win. All of his wins or finishes are in the first round. Other than that, his fights tend to go to decision because he is pretty, usually pretty durable himself. But he's actually been rocked. You know, he got rocked in the Chandler fight. Um, he got rocked in uh, a couple fights, actually. Not just the one where he got stopped against uh, Shabley. Um, and uh, what I noticed, especially in the Shabley fight, you know, he, he swings wide and can kind of square himself. So that opens him up for counters coming in. And uh, Usman Nurmagomedov has that excellent proprioception. He could put the left hooks on him and the counter rights like Shabley did. Uh, but I actually think it's the body work. Usman Nurmagomedov, more than a lot of fighters, go to the body quietly. He goes by, he'll break that guys down to the legs as well. He's actually got a lot of Muay Thai swagger. I've said this before. He almost has like some Sidichai moves when he goes to Southpaw because Usman Nurmagomedov can also fight from both stances. Very talented. Um, you know, you're going to hear the, and I, I quoted, I may admit that meme because I just, you know, and I, I love my guy Fitz, Fitzy Brendan Fitzgerald there, but he was like, oh, the rare Dagestani who strikes. And it's like, motherfuckers, Wushu Sanda is like, was, is like one of the main martial arts, especially depending on like what region of the Caucasus they're from. Like, for example, Mokhachkala, you know, that, yeah, it's actually not going to be a surprise. There's actually some really strong fucking Wushu Sanda presence. Um, that's where the, the guys like Sabit come from. And whatnot, and uh, so I did the classic, like you know, the baby getting held above the water by the mom, and it's Dagestani uh, praising Dagestani wrestling, and the other baby trying to tread water is Sambo, and then down on the fucking coffin is Wushu Sanda, because um, the way it gets talked about, and I'm sure you'll hear, uh, uh, depending on who's on commentary, you'll probably hear similar things again for Usman Nurmagomedov, who's not even Wushu Sanda, even though he has that Wushu Sanda flair to his kicks. Uh, Usman Nurmagomedov, again, back to the Muay Thai uh, references. He looks like he really loves and came up watching Muay Thai. I think he's even had some amateur bouts. When I went like deep on his IG, you can see some stuff. And Like when he was a young teenager coming up, uh, you know, uh, with the Muay Thai gloves and everything. Um, but, yeah, he's really good for both stances. Works the body really well. Uh, speaking of Sanda fighters, he has a nice spin, spin sidekick. Not that, you know, they're... You won't see a person do that in Muay Thai or anything, like you know. But like, it's obviously a very Sanda, more traditional martial arts move. And uh, Nurmagomedov's got that very well as well. And uh, with the way Brent Primus, um, as big as he is, he's, he's a big guy, cuts a decent amount of weight, really thick. Uh, you know, older guy for the weight class as well. Uh, you know, I, be I, I believe I want to say he is 1985 or as well or something like that or close to it. Um, yeah, I, I you know I, I think uh, you know uh, those shots to the body is, is what's going to do them. Um, I went under 1.5 rounds. I know it's a slim margin. Unders under 1.5, something I usually don't like to do. Uh, totals have been a little kinder. Same with parlay. I mean, it's just a weird year, so everything opposite essentially has been kinder, or really unkind, depending on the perspective and what the result is. But yeah, we're going to go total city. We're going to go under. 1.5 units plus 120 another uh, yeah another 1.5 units there um 1.5 rounds 1.5 units under uh plus 120 um i was trying to get cute and like mix of like usman round one and round two because i think he's getting it done in round one or round two 
and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Do I do Usman round two and the under in case it's toward the end of round two and we missed the under? How much do I... And either way, I was like having to put at least 1.5 units, if not two units or more, with some of the... Because you're essentially priced out of an undefeated Nermaga Madoff fighter. And so at a certain point, I'm like, let's just run and gun this one if we're going to hit it. If we're going to bet Bellator, if we're going to bet this fight at these prices, you know what? The best argument is that they're giving plus money on the under. That's the only pathway to victory for not just Primus's finishes, but again, um, even more, I imagine, higher odds for Primus to get a decision here. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, you know, and then you got, you know, just the finishing pathways and potentials. Usman Nurmagomedov could also snatch up a front stroke. You know, Primus has never been submitted. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. But if he's hurt and he's shooting, uh, we've seen the front choke acumen on Usman Nurmagomedov as well. So you could also get burned trying to, you know, play submission or TKO and having a choose, Parker. So let's just go with the under plus 120. All right, that is the Bellator breakdown. Sorry for the speed talk there. All right, 28, 30. We'll go uh, or end there uh let's see uh i'm gonna catch you guys up on the chat real quick uh and then we'll go uh, ghost i was looking forward to linton vacillation he said vassal i, I added that part he said uh, ghost said i was looking forward to linton vassal winning uh, the belt at bellator season finale that would have been that would have been very apropos for bellator would it not the vacillation just fucking exploding his way out of the scene dan come on now uh james kendrick mcfarland did an interview with drake rig saying that she cannot kick due to hip issues do you consider that in your analysis actually yeah i noticed she hasn't been kicking and uh a few fights ago um because i went back to watch her fights and uh she had a knee injury and a surgery e even since then it's actually been something suspect that i've had in my analysis notes but yeah excellent interview with drake riggs as well shout out to my guy drake riggs go follow his stuff um yeah that actually makes absolute sense with what you've been seeing and she's gotten better at boxing rolling under her crosses much more better fundamental boxing, but that's also probably for a reason, uh, the aforementioned reason. So, yeah, you know, she's even posting on her IG, like, I can't wait to get this over with. Like, she's just saying that herself. Like, so, believe me, I'm not trying to throw that typical paintbrush stereotypical shade of, oh, they got a foot out the door. I love Ali Malay, okay? I'm just, I mean, she's saying it herself, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like. And I've gotten that vibes being around her for what it's worth. Those Bellator Hawaii shows, as awesome as they were, there's a lot of pressure on her, man, you know? You know, and uh, she's already taken up a lot of rightful causes, and having that fight pressure is just—it's a lot. Synchro Wing Cyborg versus Ngano. It is always 2010 at Bellator. This fight seems like a time capsule, does it not, my friend? Does it not? All right, let's jump over. 30 minutes in, we're over to UFC Vegas 80, UFC Fight Night 229, UFC Fight Night. Dawson versus King. Dawson versus Green. Uh, did you guys see me retweet Grant Dawson's reply to him laughing at my him, him laughing his ass off at my tweet where I said Grant Dawson looks like the character in every coming of age movie who tells the protagonist that they're not good enough to be there be there. Like he totally looks like that team captain of the opposing team. Like you can't be on this team. You're not good enough to be here. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, boy does boy does he not have all those vibes. But he is the uh, commanding favorite here. Of course, Grant Dawson minus four hundred. Bobby King Green, plus 300 on the comeback. Um, what did Dawson open as here? Minus 355, money came his way. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, I'll be honest here. I kind of went, had to go backwards and forwards and all over this week. 
just because of the way this week went. So I was doing the main event tape. Uh, I was watching Bobby Green versus Tony Ferguson as we were here. And I didn't quite finish watching that, but I think I've seen enough to see where I'm going to go. And this says all over, you know, I am Bobby Green defender. He's one of my favorite fighters. Uh, I didn't pick him against Makachev. Obviously, that was shorter notice. And I do believe in his defense, whether you're picking him or not here, you still should expect a much better Bobby Green from that fight. Not just because Grant Dawson, I'm sorry, uh, is not Islam Makachev, which should be obvious. But also because that fight was on like six days notice, literally. Um, even for Bobby Green, who loves staying active, that's that's a little ridiculous. You know, he didn't have any any prep for that. Uh, so I do expect a better Bobby Green, but ultimately, you know, this feels like the classic trap, the the, the Bryce Mitchell, Dan Ige that we just saw. Although uh, Green, less knockout power than Ige, more active than Ige. Still, very similar dynamic. Um, likes to counter, will work the body. Not a judging-friendly style, even in a stand-up fight. Much less a fight with a heavy grappling pressure on one direction that takes place in the small octagon of the apex. Uh, I call myself when I go against it, and I usually have good reason for going against it. And I was arguably still right going against it with that Danny Gave fight. But the results are what ultimately matter. And if you look at back at that card, uh, that one failed whilst, you know, granted it was super fluky, which is all the way Gamrock's fights are, you know, picking the grappler uh, in the smaller cage, you know, by hook or by crook, um, paid off, right? So, uh, you know, arguments both ways there, different ones, albeit. But, you know, that uh, that is something that I, I usually stay with, and I'll probably stay with it here as far as my official pick goes. But I believe you're priced out. Even if the opener and there wasn't any inflation on the Dawson line, I would still feel like this is inflated prices, you know. I know he just, you know, dominated, oh, a Russian, you know, uh, even though I believe he's Russian, not Dagestani, not that it matters where the fuck you're from, folks. It's what your style is. It's what your genetics, what's your capabilities your prerogatives, your habits, uh, these things are what dictate, not what flag is next to your name in the topology profile, folks. Um, and if you are going to go by that, at least get it right. Um, and uh, yeah, man, uh, Isma Gulov was one of those fighters that like, you think, I, especially because I'm one of those nerdy analysts who's not just a nerdy analyst, but also is a hipster and likes making, I mean, look at me, I make arguments for guys like Bobby Green, for Christ's sakes, right? Like, I'm that guy who make the argument for the weird guy as well, like Isma Gulov. But no, I was against that crowd. I never got it. Um, he got lucky. Uh, that fight should have, especially with the uh, miscalled foul, that wasn't a foul. Uh, even with that taken away, uh, the more, much more damaging fighter was uh, Guram Kutateladze in that fight. Uh, Kutateladze should have got that victory. And, um, and yeah, I admittedly didn't do... Uh, heavy tape again I've been all over the place so I'm going to be honest with you guys about that did not go back to watch the Sarukian fight but I went back to obviously watch the whole Dawson fight and whatnot. and uh, and again just my opinions even from before like he he's not a super impressive guy he hasn't had to really face these guys which is why even though I think it was technically 7 out of 21 which you got to take these numbers with a grain of salt I'm not going to lean too heavily because I didn't even go back to recently refresh it. I'm going off of older notes. But I notice oftentimes, you know, with with when you're breaking these fights down, or perhaps if you're listening to other people break these fights down, it's real easy. And I get it. I'm burnt out. I'm not criticizing people who are trying to throw shade when I say this, folks. I fucking get it. Uh, I'm just saying I think we all have the habit of naturally wanting to lean too much into these stats because it's much easier to look at these numbers 
than to go watch the context around these numbers. And like I always say, A, first and foremost, the numbers are wrong because, are the, not they're wrong, they're untrustworthy because they are being pulled from a faulty well of information, right? Like you're not getting the right counts where it's these takedowns, control times being flipped, strikes, leg checks, etc. cetera. Uh, but on top of that, let's just say they are accurate as shit. You still got to be careful because unless you remember the fight frame for frame, I don't know whose memory is that good with Dunbar's number getting challenged constantly with his relentless UFC schedule. Numbers don't have context to them, right? Just like just like the uh, uh, just like the uh, you know uh, uh, losers are all in my mentions, like showing the betting record, like whatever, like whatever it is, like thirty three and like a hundred and whatever. Like, whatever, like, disproportionate win-loss record is on my bets, that th- doesn't have context to it. Um, I-, I should, if, if that number is as bad as it looks, my record should be way worse. But it's not. There are, you know, it, it, I'm still within striking distance to get a win. And if I don't, it's fine, man. I'm still going to post it. It'll give the haters something to hate. It'll give them something to do, at least. Because it doesn't matter if I win or not. Those motherfuckers aren't going to care. Um, uh, the gambling community is not going to care. Uh, I'm still not going to get nominated as analyst. Like, it doesn't affect me or my job in any form. I'm just going to keep coming clean and being transparent and honest because that's what I do. I do it for free, unlike a lot of these fuckers. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it, 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 uh, it, 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 it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't matter without context. So I would, I would be careful about that. And yeah, I would, I was never really impressed with Ismagulov. You know, he kind of ended up being who I kind of, you know, who I kind of thought. And you can be wrong on your picks and your plays, and even though picks and plays are different things, sometimes, again, what's the third thing? Analysis. And sometimes analysis is right. You know, um, some old school uh, MMA gambling slash MMA analysis listeners appreciated the uh, the uh, Sean Carey tattoo uh, Rat Shed and Calcutta reference, and I believe that was the same MMA gambler who would say this thing, like, he would commit, like, even if you're wrong and you're constantly getting burned, commit to your read. And that can sound like both a losing strategy and stubborn mentality. But there also is something to that. Sometimes you are proven right. Like, no, I was right about this guy, right? Like, I've, you know, I got burned and, like, you know, or whatever about, like, you know, Bryce Mitchell. But, like, you put him against a guy like uh, Ilya Teporia and you're only going to hang, you know, again, playable chalk range, minus 150 to minus 155 for a guy like Teporia. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I went, I, I went on that. Was was not as confident with my guy Ige, but you're also getting underdog odds, right? With uh, with Ige uh, there, but it's like you, you got to stick to your stick to your read. Sometimes you do get proven right. Like no, this this person was who I thought they were, right? Um, and and that could definitely, you know, that could de- that was definitely I feel like was the case with Uzma Gulov and that could be the case with Dawson. Now, you got to separate it, you know. I'm not alone as far as being analysts who don't really like Grant Dawson's style. I feel like casuals, hipster analysts, you know, could do that uh what do you call predator Carl, you know, Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger clasping hands meme, you know, like like uh Casual drug guys in MMA audience, hipster, well-to-do, glasses-wearing analysts, and then where the hands come together, it's just like uh, it's like hating, boring grapplers who just back camp out on the back, <laughs> like you know, like like there could be a meme like that. And um, it's not even that I hate backpackers or anything, but yeah, it's just like it's not a very pleasing style. Now, what I will say, uh, the reason why I'm probably going to end up picking Grant Dawson, even though I feel like it's all day dogger pass. 
Um, I'll get into the ways that I think it'd be cool to play Grant Dawson uh, as far as that goes. Actually, I'll, I'll pull some up right now so that is ready. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, you know, in his defense, and part of the reason why I probably ended up picking him is he is that at that age where he should be showing fight to fight improvements. He's still in his twenties, I believe, right? Uh, he just switched to American Top Team, and I believe even though he had uh, at least a camp experience, one camp before experience with the Gerald Gordon one, I don't know if it's because he was still in transition. They said that his Isma Gulov fight, he's 29, so he's still right that, that, that cusp, just turned 29 this year. Um, that Isma Gulov fight, I guess, was his first full camp, or maybe it was the Marco Madsen, but... The point is, in those fights, uh, now the Marco Madsen was, uh, Madsen was looking to kind of, you know, you could tell the fight was done uh, almost at the end of the first round, and he was arguably, you know, kind of looked just beat by the second. And when you've got a guy going downhill like that, um, you know, it's hard to know where your cardio is at, right? Like he, you know, I was on a fucking island picking Ricky, Ricky Glenn to beat him, and I felt validated even though it was a draw. Um, he saved by the bell, right? Saved by the bell. Literally, almost you know, almost had him like out at the end, pointing, doing the BJ Penn, Sean Shirk thing, point, pointing, almost trying to call off his own fight, rule that shit from Ricky Glenn. I was on a fucking island, and uh, and again, uh, got away from me that on that one, but I was like, no, no, it's there. And Jared Gordon, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna get to trust Jared Gordon again, but you know, but uh, you know how Jared Gordon is, whether it's. Oh, you know, my um, guy, I, I ran into a marauding crackhead and he bit off half my finger before the fight. It's always some crazy thing like before and then he's like susceptible to even in fights he's doing good at and then all of a sudden like fucking losing, right? Like via injury, getting rocked or getting your back taken and randomly choked, you know, in a fight where Grant Dawson, look, he was gassing again, right? And then in the Madsen third round, even despite being in just like full charge uh, for the whole fight after that first 30 seconds where he got dropped, which was a disturbing point, right? That he got dropped by Madsen. Um, he's almost looking tired there again, but, but, but Madsen looks like he's ready to break. And then he both is rocked in the face and looks like he could get a leg kick TKO in the first 30 seconds of round three. So obviously you see Dawson not just push through, but he gets that adrenaline spike, like, oh, there's a finish here. And then he just, you know, as DC says, big dogs him to the finish. Now, the Isma Gulov fight, we actually see improvements, both in his cardio, even though he's controlling the guy the whole way, even though Isma Gulov not as good as I thought, yada, yada. Still, we got to give credit where credit's due. He looks improved all throughout the third round. And I did watch tape on all on these fights, by the, on, on these fights, by the way. Um, it was the Bobby Green spot checking that I just needed to check. And I'm very familiar with his grappling. I just needed to see how he was still doing things, which we'll get to, uh, as far as that Tony Ferguson fight when he sees a takedown. Um... Or when someone's in on a takedown as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Isma Gulov fight, he shows an improvement there. Physically, he's in the best shape he ever looks like. Even when he was like killing himself, getting down to 145, he didn't look um, this cut. But he also didn't look drawn out. He looked like, you know, like buff and jacked, right? And what I noticed, he showed flashes in the Madsen fight. Perhaps maybe he's shown it before, just never, you know, it was maybe more that James Krause, the step knee kind of tie march thing, you know? Uh but he actually just goes legit like from southpaw and is almost trying to steal some Dustin Poirier moves where he's, you know, he's got the kicks, he's got the the, uh, the punches uh, from the left side, all the power shots from southpaw, but he'll use that to either step through into his shot from orthodox where he typically fights from um, or use it to set up a right hand. Now, he also had the checking right hand, which could be coming come in handy. Uh, Bobby Green can still be hit with checking shots as we've seen, you know. Um 
uh, as well as left hands uh, or, or, or you know, uh, you know, uh, hooks, uh, well-placed hooks. I believe even George, even Gordon was able to get some uh, uh, some looks there before the finish, you know, came from the uh, the headbutt or, or or whatever. And then Bobby Green ground and pound him. Which, by the way, Bobby Green underrated ground and pound. Um, so, you know, you see Demir's Magulov, again, not urgent enough in any phase of the scramble. Um, but uh, once you get past a certain layer, especially. But uh, even he was able to, it was too little too late, but he turned into uh, Grant Dawson's guard. It would have been really interesting there. You know, Grant Dawson, for all his improvements, for as good as he is getting to the back and scrambling and all those things, Still not sure how good he is from top, you know, especially if you get you you find yourself on top in round three um, when he's a bit tired, like we saw in the Rick Glenn fight. So that could be something worth watching out for too. Bobby Green's obviously gonna have to survive back, uh, perhaps whole rounds with his back taken at least two, if he you know optimistically if he wants to survive. Although in a five round fight, it's not crazy to think at all that Grant Dawson just needs to get three and survive. You know, however that's spaced out, whether it's, you know, recoup round, back take round, recoup round, back take round, you know. Um, and Bobby Green, you know, not traditionally a one-punch guy, even though some underrated power. It does look like he's been sitting down more, really trying to hurt guys more. Um, he's also been throwing much more knees and kicks, which, again, Grant Dawson shooting from outside as he does. He likes to shoot low. You know, we could see an Aljo Marais type sort of deal. At least, at the very least, maybe rock him. Those things, you don't have to have knockout power. It's just one of those things. It's just like Drew Fickett, Josh Koscheck. Those create often the worst knockouts, right? So we could even see a, a Bobby Green stoppage from that aspect, right? Um, and obviously, the early stoppages are on the ground are more likely for Grant Dawson. Uh, not so much ground and pound like a Makhachev, but obviously submissions. He does have some crafty things that he likes to go for for RNCs, but guys are getting so much better at that. Even Makhachev was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to pound him out. Of course, it's Islam Makhachev there. There is that. Um, you know, I know Grant Dawson said he called and said he's going to be, be Makhachev's replacement, which is, which is which is a very tall order. Uh, he's going to have to get past Bobby Green for, first. I don't disagree with Grant Dawson being favored. Uh, I may even end up picking him here, you know what I'm saying? But from an odds perspective, I feel like it's Bobby Green all day. You know my heart's going to be with Bobby Green. Um, Grant Dawson by submission, you know, would maybe be something I would throw in a round robin, even though it's not much, plus 125, if I was both picking Grant Dawson and really behind him. But... Even if I pick him, I don't think I'll be really behind him because of the things that I kind of outlined. Uh, Bobby Green can actually wrestle. You know, shots at my guy Fenyo was sharing some clips as well as sharing my own clips. So I appreciate all those shares, guys. But uh, yeah, we were sharing out the reminders that Bobby Green can wrestle. The unfortunate part, though, is that Bobby Green, he's really good single leg defense, really good scrambling. It's body lock slash shuck buys. Um, seem like they could be a problem with the way he likes to tripod turtle and give back exposure, right? Kind of allows for that back exposure. Um, even standing positions, kind of like a la Corey Sanhagen, what I called for with the TJ Dillashaw fight. Say what you will about the scoring. It was just kind of a position that I just, you don't like. You know, Dillashaw was too injured to take advantage of it. Though Dillashaw does have underrated back taking, which is actually why I initially picked him to beat Sanhagen. Of course, we know all about Grant Dawson's back taking. So the thing about a Bobby Green thing is unless he catches him early or something, um, I think he's going to have to not just survive, but really make him work for those two rounds to not turn it around in round three because 
Grant Dawson, maybe he has improved his cardio. You know, he seems to have his chip on his shoulder about that. He's like, he says he's only gassed in one fight. You know, again, I, I, we've seen signs in a few, the ones that I went over that are actually all three of his last four, you could argue. He's shown signs of it. But even if he does, I don't know about rounds four and five. I like Bobby Green better there. Um, again, not enough meat on the bone, even at plus money, plus 125 for Grant Dawson by submission. And even though I'm sitting here still kind of, you know, being jury out about his cardio, uh, I actually feel like if I do pick him, it's probably going to be by a decision. But uh, it could be a split decision because I think his optics are going to be so bad um, on the feet when he starts uh, when he does start tiring, and Bobby's going to be able to put numbers if he does you know start surviving or in those recoup, re recoup rounds in between. Bobby's going to be able to take a couple rounds here or there um, that I think that especially you know even though it feels like they're almost like going back the other way. They, it's like they knew they overcorrected the steering wheel, which you're finally hearing other people who speak criteria talk say, something that your boy here has been saying for a couple years now, for what it's worth being proved right about yet again. Uh, it does feel like they're trying to almost, not overcorrect, but you could argue overcorrect because it's just, it's it feels like this, right? It feels like this left to right, left to right with what they're liking. Uh, even the, within the same judges, you know what I'm saying? Like, so maybe we just get another one of those classic ones where, you know, they're trying to decide between uh, impact and damage, which, you know, should be on greens. Uh, Grant Dawson doesn't look like his, his skin really shows damage. That's racist, Dan. You're being racist. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, like he could get pretty marked up, you know, if this fight goes long. Um, what I'm leaning at here is Grant Dawson by split decision plus 1,000. <laughs> I think that's worth a shot, whether you like Grant Dawson or not, whether you're picking Grant Dawson or not. Um, I'm going to see how my night goes. I'm actually not playing anything heavy on this fight. So for once, my night will not be determined by the main event. It may not even be de determined by a co-main, but of course I have a play on that, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, so what I'm going to do is, depending on how Bellator goes, which may finish actually later than this card, so who knows there too, right? Um, we'll see. But like, let's just say, uh, you know, there is a, a big hefty car, uh, play on, on the fight that opens the main card. If that goes well... Yeah, I'm probably definitely going to sprinkle uh, on this fight for funsies by the end of the night. And I'll probably do a little bit on Grant Dawson by split decision if I can get it anywhere near plus 1,000. And then for Bobby Green, um, either do Bobby Green just by decision straight up because that should be close to 1,000 too. Or you do Bobby Green, you know, 0.17 you sprinkles rounds 3, 4, and 5 for funsies. And you have the Grant Dawson to catch it by still maybe getting a split decision or something. Um, like that if you got a house that uh, is available. But yeah, no official plays as of yet. Maybe I you know, still end up picking Grant Dawson, but I throw Bobby Green in a round robin, right? Depending on what my round robins are allowing me to do. Maybe I'm, I, I do have enough time uh, on Saturday morning to stop by the book. I'm not too fucked up from the night before. And um, at the house I like to play at, they don't have greatest round robins granted, although I fixed that with my online and my official, which I'll tweet out, as well as give you guys what I'm leaning toward here, as I usually do. But yeah, that one house, if I like to get cheeky and stuff, they only let me do like round robin money lines, which means you got to pretty much pick dogs. So yeah, like, uh, you know, like guys like Bobby Green, spoiler alert, Ricky Glenn, even though I may not pick these fighters, uh, they would probably be on that round, Robin, right? Because, spoiler alert, I believe they're dog or pass type of fights. So that is that main event. Uh, Bicho Pfeiffer in the co-main event, uh, minus 500. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, <laughs> plus 360. Um, 
Yeah, I hate betting on Hashim fights, man. It's just, like, ridiculous. Uh, he's like, he either finishes in round one or it's a bust, and he gets his first round two stoppage. I'm like, what is this fight? Am I, is it, it's asking you for dog or pass from a money line perspective, and I still, I still believe that. Um, however, not enough to play uh, Al Hassan. Definitely not enough to pick him, although he's a very capable man. He could win by knockout, right? Anytime. He's always live, especially at that price tag. Not going to argue that. I will say Joe Pfeiffer, you know, uh, <laughs> I could see him uh, maybe not getting credit for this because of the way he talks, but the way he fights, I think he's much smarter than he's given credit for. You know, he did talk about, you know, studying and like almost like nailing his arsenal. It sounded like almost like uh, like the stuff I keep track on when I'm doing tape study. I appreciate a fighter with that kind of mentality. Um, he works his ass off. Uh, comes from an underrated camp. Not just the uh, Daniel Gracie, but also uh, Marquez MMA, who, you know, shout out to my guy Eric Nixick was giving him his due daps. Um, you know, uh, that's definitely a camp to watch out for. Um He's like uh, he's like this type buds with Sean Brady. That's his main training partner. So between that and that camp, that relationship with that camp, um, you're going to be getting good grappling rounds. Um, he already shows to have a natural knack for wrestling. A real big physical guy who's only like put on size seemingly since his injury. This can be real huge. Whereas, you know, uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan is doing himself favors by training up in Denver at a good camp with the Elevation Fight Team at, obviously, Elevation. But he's still carrying around a lot of a lot of. Uh, I'm not saying junk because look at him, man. Look at me. I'm not, believe me. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, if I could have that body for the day. But uh, I mean, like junk in the trunk is. Well, he does have a badonk. But I'm just saying, like he he's just he's. He, he could be a point of diminishing returns. You can almost have too much of the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? And um, and he's been real hit and miss trading wins and losses. Uh, at middleweight since he's moved up. If you want to go by that woo-woo analysis, yeah, I guess he's due for a loss there. But no, um, I think that Pfeiffer is the better striker coming forward and off the counter. So And like he points out, he hits really hard too. But I just think he's going to have a grappling advantage here. I think he actually has the reactive shots and open shots as well as perhaps against the fence to take uh, Razak Al-Hassan down. Uh, Al-Hassan has really good get-ups and he does that judo tripod. So it's really hard to take his back, especially bigger guys. Like we talk about lightweights and stuff that's going to be danger zone for Bobby Green, which is why I'm tentative and may end up probably picking against Bobby Green. But middleweight and above, you start doing that. That's why Derek Lewis is so savvy. He does the ski slope. He makes his back into a ski slope, a very almost judo-style tripod. He doesn't turtle where he's on his forearms and knees. No, he's on the bottoms of his feet and the bottoms of his hands. So you're still doing the grounded opponent thing. And you just have that big ski slow, real tough angle to kind of back take off it. Bobby Green does it too, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, I still worry. Not because Grant Dawson can so much take his back from that angle. It's hard for anybody to. But Grant Dawson, as we said, I know I'm jumping back and forth between fights. Like we saw with, like Marco Madsen, even that level of wrestler uh, will, you know, hip heist and slam a guy right into that that back take. Classic back take or takedown, right? Body, off the body lock. Um <clears throat> I don't know if uh, Pfeiffer is going to do that or anything, but I just like the fact that he's probably going to wrestle and grapple uh, to tire out Al Hassan. Again, um, Coach Marquez seems like a smart guy. I imagine his coaches are going to be in his ear about it. Joe Pfeiffer, I know you can only take their interviews for a grain of salt, but it's funny. Like he's like, "Be Joe Pfeiffer," and he's getting all special treatment, and he's like talking about all the fighters talking shit about him, which is you know no surprise there, right? And uh, 
And it's funny, man. Even in the UFC, the guys they decide to take care of, they create monsters real fast. And I'm not talking about McGregor. You don't even have to be a McGregor size. And I'm not saying Joe Pfeiffer's a monster, by the way. But what I am saying, and he does deserve more money. He does deserve, by the way, they all do. So I'm not hating on him, by the way. I'm just saying it's funny that he's just like, I'm not complaining about the money I get. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's already he's already outgrown his contender series contract, which, again, it's a crappy contract. They are... It, you could argue the sport is outgrown contracts like that, and they should they should not be a thing at this level, the highest level. Um, but yeah, he is like he he's done the math. He's like he sees where he's going with another big win, and but he's getting paid like he's still a contender series, which is already too low even for those guys to be paid, right? And so he's like politely like talking around it. And uh, case in point, it comes down to uh, it's contract season. He's like, if I want to talk like this. You know, put my ass on the line. And if I want a new contract, if I want more money, I'm going to have to back it up. I'm going to have to win. Win above all else, right? And in his footage, he's doing a lot of grappling. He's been doing a lot of grappling tournaments in between fights, whether it's with other UFC middleweights like Eric Anders or GM. I got GM3, J Gerald Mearshart. Um, this guy's staying really active and really putting that in. And then you go even read the... I know, they're just posts. They're just interviews, whatever. But they all... They're, all these dots, they have a common thread. They have a connection here, right? And you go read the actual captions of some of these posts that are showing him doing a lot of grappling. And whether it's what he's saying, what he's writing, they are the same message. I am a complete fighter. I want to show that I'm a complete fighter. I need to win. I, I want what I want. And if I want to make the statements, I got to make, I got to get past this guy with a win to get to the next contract. Um, it's contract season. Win above all else, folks. Um, grappling trends, right? Uh, and even Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, Al who is Judo Thunder, sure, but it's no secret that, you know, you don't have to just do the Surdog breakdown to see that he's got zero submissions. The guy primarily uses his Judo to stand, but along with trying to pace himself, which he, again, Al-Hassan Al has openly said this, not just both his intention, his team has been down his throat for multiple camps to pace himself, and sure enough, he gets his first win outside of the second round. Sure enough, he's actually mixing in takedowns. Now, I don't think it'll be do him that well against a guy like Pfeiffer. I don't know how well it will do him in general unless he's actually going to do something with the takedowns because A, that's how fights are scored and B, if we're contextualizing it in the overhaul with this style, how it translates over a fight, you're just tiring yourself out, right? You know, like that's a guy you want to grapple if you're fighting him because that's that's what's going to tire you out. Um, we've seen it even with wrestlers. Just because it's their base doesn't mean they, they can't get tired doing it. I know it's that old, you know, early mid-aught, Mike Goldberg commentary that's still in like a lot of our heads. Not trying to pick on Goldie here, but the well, he strikes so he could do this all day, right? Right? It's like it, not necessarily, especially when it comes to the grappling, because grappling's fucking hard. Judo and wrestling, particularly. Okay, it's fucking hard. Um, it's it, it, it's tiring. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's the smart move here. And so for that reason, all signs actually point to over. It's not just being cheeky, Dan chasing plus money, which you know. To be fair, you can accuse me of both those, but no, I I think I pointed out the quiet trends on both sides on why not just the market is asking you to, but there's quiet value analysis-wise in that plus money. Uh, I got it at plus 165. Uh, I, I put one unit on the over. Um, if I can find, I haven't been able to find Pfeiffer by sub for anything uh, north of plus 500. I would like that plus 550 that I see posted around. If I can find that, I may sprinkle on that but I'll probably just put that on a round robin instead because I've already really exposed like a like a pervert hanging outside of a Sunday school here. You know what I'm saying? I do not need any exposure. Damn, why do you have to use that weird analogy? Um, but, <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, like uh, that is um, that is uh, that's what I'm gonna go for uh, on on that fight. The over is the play, and I'll be picking Piper uh, uh, by submission um, round two, uh, maybe round three. I don't know. If he doesn't round two, hopefully it's over. But by the end of round two, beginning of round three, I think uh, he can get a submission. We'll go round three. We'll go round three. I'm playing the over one and a half. Stupid. Um, all right. Uh, next fight. Uh, Alex the Great White Morono, plus 142. Joaquin Buckley, minus 170. Um, okay. Sorry. Thinking of an old roommate who used to have a T-shirt. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> He didn't seem to have a racist bone in his body. He was from Boston. Uh, but uh, it was like a, it looked like a cartoon shirt. It was like a blue t-shirt. And like it had like a like star kiss tuna looking like cartoon shark. A uh, great white shark. And the great white shark is like doing a Tony the Tiger. And he's saying it's great to be white. It's, it was terrible. It's very racist. I don't know why I thought of that. That was a very long time ago. I have a lot of questions about that guy. Now that I think about it, like... Wow, oh, Dan, really? You have a lot of questions about a guy wearing a racist t-shirt. I'm just saying. Just saying. All right, anyways, wow. Inappropriate stuff sprinkling in. Uh, speaking of which, we got Great White Morono versus Joaquin Buckley. All right, wow. Way to, way to set the table for, for a breakdown on this fight, Dan. Um, this is tough. Uh, you know me. I want to pick Morono here. I got to go re-watch re the heartbreak of that t Tim Means fight. But um, the old South Paul report was basically Morono was... 1-0 against Southpaws. Um, he beat Keita Nakamura, but if you go watch the fight, he probably arguably should have lost Keita Nakamura, especially you know under today's criteria emphasis. And um, it's also one of those fights where you can go back and retract the round, even a, a judge that I greatly respect. But it's just like Morono gets, is my pet peeve, where Morono gets hurt to the body and hunches over and backs up. And uh, I don't even think it was a particularly competitive round, but let's just say it was a really competitive round Outside of that, it still should be a no-brainer that Morono loses that round. He did not, uh, retracing re 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 those scorecards. Um, and that fight was forever ago, so you can't really hang on to it anyways. Uh, oh, he lost Kate to Nakamura by split. Okay. But yeah, he still won a round. It just irked me that he still won a round that he probably shouldn't have. Um, and then I didn't watch the Tim Means fight. That's part, part of the reason why I picked Tim Means. And, uh... You know, sure enough, my guy Tim Means cashes a ticket. Because, again, just like staying with the people you're fading, maybe stay with the people you're supporting, too, sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even when it's the old dog for his last ride, which is probably the last time I'll support Tim Means out there. So that was nice. But, yeah, from what I remember, Tim Means was doing good, and I was looking like a genius. And then, sure enough, it's the typical Tim Means club and sub uh, the opposite way, right? He gives it up. Um, I actually feel like this fight's going to be the opposite the other way, where, like, Morono is going to be like... Oh, yeah, Morono's doing it for the unathletic dudes, right? Because I, I love Morono's attitude. I, I told, I've told Coach Safe this. Like, I'm a huge... It doesn't matter if you see me pick against Morono. Know that I'm always a huge Morono fan, because I am. Um, and that's why I want to pick him here. And I would even love to take a flyer on him. But I'm overexposed already. I don't really need to dog hunt, especially for a plus 150 dog. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather just take a flyer on a Bobby Green or a Ricky Glenn for those odds, right? At, the, at this point, right? Um, the vets here. Uh, but... Buckley, um, you know, even though his chin isn't isn't impeccable either, like we shouldn't be surprised if Morono rocks him here, folks. But a, this is the kind of fight that Morono could lose in the first round that we've seen him lose before. It's got that archetype to it, 
And then B, Buckley's been able to kind of dog through some fights too um, and just will be having some really impactful offense, even though Moreno was very consistent with his jab and his offensive offerings as well. And then, you know, maybe Buckley gets like a late finish or a second. Buckley could get a finish in any round of this fight. I would not be surprised, to be honest. I'm probably going to pick Buckley, and my heart is going to be with Morono. Drew Dober, minus 500, comeback on Ricky. These aren't, these aren't Sunday school kids. These are drug-peddling midgets. What's your name? Ricky. Uh, Ricky Glenn, <laughs> plus 360. You know I love me some Ricky Glenn. Stroke man, stroke man, stroke. Strong. I don't know if he comes out to that, but it's just classic because he has his like handlebar mustache and he comes out to like fucking whatever song that you know Adam Sandler pulls up to high school and Billy Madison like he's still in the 80s. Remember that scene? I don't know. I think I do. Maybe I don't. It's hard to tell what the hell Ricky Glenn's doing. Whereas like Joaquin Buckley is jumping around everywhere and you don't know if that's good or, or better. Well, Joaquin Buckley, Jesus. Uh, Drew Dober, we know we know what he's doing. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, folks. Sorry, I'm trying to get through this. Um, Southpaw, by the way, Ricky Glenn, his Southpaw report record here. Uh, I might have to go and, and spot check this. But um, he's actually faced a couple. Gavin Tucker, who he, you know, beat the crap out of. Um, so that makes him 1-0. Felipe Nover, I'm pretty sure Nover was orthodox. But he could have been a southpaw. Evan Dunham's a southpaw. Lost to Evan Dunham, uh, but I didn't go back to watch that fight, you know, over half a decade ago uh, to see if Rickland had moments. Rickland also took that fight on short notice. It was a competitive fight, too, back and forth, despite being a UD kind of a deal. So there's that. And then, uh, yeah, those are the only two. Even going back to his regionals, Johnny Case would switch dance, but was mainly a orthodox fighter. Um, Drew Dober wants to be more de defensively minded. He says going into this fight, that's what he was reminded of. But I don't know if he could, you know, Ricky Glenn will allow you to have a conservative fight. I don't know if the small cage will allow you to have that with their styles in particular. So it's going to be violence, and all signs point to Dober, Dober probably ending this early. Um, but. Now he's been shown to be hurt sometimes, and Rick Glenn, even though it's not he's not typically a one punch guy, um, you know you got that Joaquin Silver result in your head showing that oh yeah he can still he can still thwack, uh, excellent grounded pound. I mean he's in the small cage if he, he can just get it down to the ground uh, between making Drew Dober work and potentially hurting him if he does even if he doesn't finish him just making him hurt uh, work hurting him with some grounded pound making him transition, that could shift the dynamic of the fight there. But the layoff, the activity, you just don't know what you're getting with Ricky Glenn. His, how's his durability? How's his health? He's had like something like back and all this other issues, even though he does have underrated wrestling, as we did see in the Grant Dawson fight. Um, because you forget that he was actually showing good defense early in the rounds, from rounds one and two, before you know Grant Dawson able to Grant Dawson. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to pick Dober here, probably by early finish. Um, but, uh, again, they, they, they price you out of it. I think I think it's Rick Glenn, Ricky Glenn, Dogger Pass. Um, <clears throat> next fight, and again, you know, I shit on the matchmakers, but props to them, man. Like, we keep, are we really opening the fight again? Are we, I mean, they're not doing the mandatory six. They're actually allowing us five fight main cards and giving us some reprieve. 
they're not throwing all the big fucking guys and the heavyweights constantly on it. Like, what do we have? Uh, Jake Collier or whatever. Like, that would have been like a co-main event, right? Or main card or whatever. God damn. But I got to give them credit because now we're actually getting uh, 155 or 145 openers. Bill Algio, minus 115. Alexander Hernandez, minus 105. Money coming in on Hernandez. Wow, I thought I got a good line on Bill Algio at minus 120. Surprise, surprise. Um, I don't know what I'm missing here. Um, you know, uh, Alex Hernandez, we know he's training with a good team. He's been training with a good team for a minute. He's been training at elevation. But it's just something wired with him, both the way he explodes and and the way he's, I think, the, his, his psychology of fighting. It's, I think it's like hardwired in a psychology to where if he's not the hammer... Um, he doesn't really do well as the nail, you know, and uh, that's just the thing we've seen. And I've I've cashed on it with you know Moicano and others at this point. I got burned early. Also got you know some good you know uh, you know picking them to beat you know Aubin Mercier as a dog you know or this or that. So I, I cashed on him as well early. But once you learn from the Cerrone fight, you learn from that lesson, and you see that kind of still show up to, to this point. Um, that's kind of there. And you know how I am with fighters if they, they have a breaking point. And then you have a fighter who likes to break guys and is a late is a late thriver. You guys know where I'm going with this. It's Bill Aljo all day. You know, could Alex Hernandez win this fight? Maybe steal enough impactful moments. We've seen Bill Aljo kind of lose track of, you know, what he's doing and, and get, you know, get a little too silly, let the fight get away from him sometimes. Um, and, and he makes enough mistakes to let this go to decision where even though he felt like he was winning the whole time, the judges saw big moments that really didn't either land cleanly or even if they land decently, they didn't hurt him at all, but they make the big, you know, Alexander Hernandez, big, big, you know, impact, right? That, that He-Man style he has, the bouncing in and out, the exploding in and out style that he has, right? Does he steal that from the judge? Absolutely he could, but again, in this archetype, guys, I could be wrong here, but these tend to be the best, Right? Whether it's, you know, playing the guy to get the finish, like a Daniel Pineda to get a finish, or uh, playing the guy to get the finish late, who comes on late, you know, who has the better gas tank, which is more my my style, uh, more my accuracy. And that's it all day. Um, Bill Aljo, of course, shout out to my guy. Uh, and, uh, of course, shout out to, you know... Uh, you know, D Love, uh, but what about Master of Love, Derek Love? Um, the D Love special, round three special, baby. That's right. I may split it into round two and round three because Alex Alexander Hernandez tends to kind of break, you know, break in round two more than round three. And Aljo, you know, again, you just go for what interviews are interviews and post or post. But I like what I'm hearing out of this guy. I like where his head's at. Um, <clears throat> I like that he's brought in fresh athletic bodies to train in. And <clears throat> even though, you know, not notable names or camps or whatever, so to speak, but having fresh younger bodies, athletes, wrestlers, all these different kind of types of bodies in the house uh, to push him more than any of his other camps. And he's looking to go bonus hunting, you know, who isn't, you know, it's about to be, it's about it's Christmas shopping's right around the corner. Um, <clears throat> you know, the bonus hunters are, are should be salivating, right? And Bill Aljo, man, like, he just seems like one of those guys who's practically kind of unkillable, you know? Um, I know he has some early submission losses in his career, but he is a dog, man. Um, even in defeats that Ricardo Lamas fight and whatnot, like, this guy is, is a dog. Uh, he's a good scrambler. Even though he gets taken down a lot, 
he's got that kind of Bobby Green wrestling style. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, I believe. He's uh, got some good uh, some good Muay Thai uh, clinch. He's got those checking hook counters and stuff that could uh, also uh, hurt Hernandez. We saw even in decisions, you know, people that could even counter him. Even if it goes to the decision, we'll kind of get in his head. Uh, Tiago Moises, a guy I'm not a fan of who, you know, I, I hate to use the R word, but I almost wanted to say it there. That was just such a bad decision that he got over Robbie, Bobby Green. But what do you do? Do you, you know, you, you call me a complainer, but again, uh, example number X13 or whatever, just this podcast of example that I learned and fucking cashed from, cashed Tiago Moises as a plus money dog in that fight. Um, and Aljo can hit counters even though he's not as consistent as a guy like Moises. He is much more dangerous and much more offensive output, which is ultimately what the judges are looking, so I should be looking, should be scoring for. That is Aljo in spades. Uh, he's always looking for offense no matter what phase or what time of the fight it is. He does. He can come on late. He's a guy that I've targeted round three before. We haven't hit it. I think we're going to hit it this time, um, but I'm doing the round two as well just to be safe. Got Aljo round three plus 1,300, round two plus 750. Both of those are Scotty Pippins, baby, .33U, and that minus 120 to cover the money line in case he, for whatever reason, gets it done earlier, just gets it done by decision, which I think he can do too again. Um I think he's going to have to get through a, a hard round one. You know, maybe you get a better line, but it's like they're already betting him down. The, the public's already betting him down to even money for you. So just just kick for coverage here. I got it at minus 120, close enough for me, and I put 1.5 units on it. So it is uh, it is the biggest bet. I got two 1.5-unit bets on Bellator, and this is the one lone 1.5 bet unit on UFC. So, yeah, if Bill Aljo, especially Bill Aljo, round two or round three cashes, yeah, I'm definitely going to be splitting. I'm going to start sprinkling for funsies on the main event, you know. That's when I'll do the Bobby Green 3 through 5. That's when I'll do the Grant Dawson plus 1,000 by split decision props uh, for funsies, you know what I'm saying, uh, to kind of celebrate maybe hopefully knock on wood a good night that we have coming. I know I've got my uh, – uh, I've got my uh, uh, my high dive um, – bad luck, uh, bad karma tea on. I, I just like the, you know me, I like my black and yellow. And uh, I'm still thinking positively, man, uh, as much as I can. I'm still pushing through every week. It's been it's been hell, but we're getting through this, folks. We're getting through this, uh, you know, not hell. I'm very grateful, but uh, it's just been a lot. A lot lot's been going on uh, behind the scenes. And, and just, and you know, again, pizza's amazing, right? I've got an amazing job. I'm very grateful. But pizza's not good when you have it every day. And uh, although I looked, I think I did take kind of a partial week off at the beginning of July because I had to help my family move and stuff. Um, yeah, again, I didn't get a week off, so I think I did the math. I'm I'm, I'm working 21 weeks straight uh, with no days off till Halloween, so that's just not not healthy for you. So, but hey, man, we're making it happen. Still losing weight, uh, still getting things done around the house, still bringing content to you guys, even on the off week. Still, still doing it, man. Evergreen analysis, betting to nerd shit. We got you covered. Smash that like button. Let's fucking go. Uh, I'm going to give it a retweet, and then we'll get to the uh, the next fight on the and We'll close out the uh, the prelims on here. Um, actually, I'll, I'll go and, and uh, give you guys some, some love um, in the chat. Answer your questions there. All right. Here we go. Um, Synchro way no, uh, the Jack Slack timestamp podcast. What's up? Hello. It would be wrong of me to open an Amazon. Would it be wrong of me to open an Amazon click through or donation 
to fund my project of Tamps. No, not at all. In fact, if you do, let me know. I will gladly, for all the help you've given me, I will gladly um, help and promote that, per give you a shot personally, just because you seem like a good dude, man. Uh, Sammy Arnett, the Ismagulov versus Kutatolatse fight was a banger. It was an absolute banger. Just left a bad taste in my mouth for obviously betting bias reasons, which suck on my, it's my problem, not yours. Uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, Ghost, my favorite part of the Ismagulov game is his body jab. Yeah, he's got a he's got a nice body jab, and or the, or the habit of reaching with his right hand uh, to square his stance with stabbing with the body jab. Yeah, I feel you there, Jinkarasu. Do you know Mike's MMA picks? He has a cool show like yourself. Yeah, man, I know Mike. Mike's uh, Mike's Mike is a very friendly guy in the betting space. I know I talk a lot of shit about betting spaces. There are good people in it, and uh, I will try to shout those people out as much as I can. And Mike's guy, I have shouted out before. And we'll shout out again, Mike's MMA picks. Go check out his like fight day breakdowns. James Kendrick, how do you escape the body triangle? Is it impossible to escape? No, it's not impossible to escape. You know, there's the typical uh, way, which they always tell you on commentary, go to the side to unlock it. Is Magulov and lighter white fighters, skinnier guys, uh, they can actually just turn into it. it I mean, not just, it's tough. You usually need some kind of assist, like a two-on-one baseball grip, two-on-one, rotate the hand, maybe get your head pressed outside of their uh, tricep and turning in that way that that might break the triangle or if you were sly enough uh, and get a good angle enough you can turn in and reverse them that way um <clears throat> yeah and there are there i'm sure there are many more ways that play people better than me can articulate ghost also a fan of bobby green's understanding of creating counter pressure to disrupt positions uh like you uh, X uh, term from synchro example I think yeah no I appreciate that shout yeah I love I love counter pressure I part of the reason why I'm hurting is because the guy kept going for leg locks and um I was just creating that counter pressure um I'm a little careful about especially guys who don't know what they're doing when you you get hurt when you do the the spin and uh, spin outs especially if you're deep in but I had a guy that kept going for him and I just did the uh Cross, I just like a body triangle, you know, uh, figure four my leg, so to speak there, like a triangle choke to protect them with the leg that's getting caught. And then I immediately look, look to sit up and in to the attacker. Um, and even though you're also giving them debasing pressure to go deep under you and kind of change the angle on the leg lock, as I go in, uh, I reach and I usually try to grab them here, uh, under their arm, grabbing up or under their arm, grabbing up here. And I got, all I need is that grip. And then I pull myself into them as they are between me and the mat. I have, I am the hips high pressure. And uh, you pull that and that breaks their grip. And then actually, if I actually fell right into an arm triangle and was able to tap them um, with an arm triangle. Uh, if I fell right into it. And it's all from counter pressure, baby. Uh, Rio Susan Truesdale, pervert hanging around a Sunday school. Love the analogy. I'm going to use that one at random times. Won't make you very many friends, but, you know, you can use it. James Kendrick, instead of the R word for bad decisions, you can use the word redacted like Jack Slack does. I like that. I like that. Shouts out to Jack Slack. X equals said equals tweeted. Ah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, prelims time. We'll knock out the rest of this. We got uh, Ewan Cute Lava minus 135. Felipe Linz plus 114. Money coming in on Linz steadily, maybe? No. Money coming in on Cute Lava steadily, if anything. That's surprising. I didn't look into this fight, admittedly, but it's hard to trust uh, Ewan Cute Lava. Uh, Felipe Linz uh, looks like he really transformed himself again, going back down to 205. I know not, the fights haven't been the greatest, um, but, you know, I don't know, man. If this guy's durable enough, uh, I may end up actually picking him here. 
Um, maybe he ends up in it. He's not a great price, so, uh, you know, but maybe he ends up in the dog round robin or something. Um, uh, something like that. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Lynn's actually, I'm surprised to see Cute Lava favored. Maybe it's because I didn't do tape on the fight, so don't, don't, don't effing listen to me. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'll be leaning toward Lynn's. We'll see what I pick on fight day at Dan Tom MMA. Um, Diana Belbitsa, plus 130. Carolina Kavalkevich, um, minus 155. Um, I'll probably go with a double K, but this is a fight that I don't know. I don't look into. I don't intend on looking into, and I don't have much to give you. I know uh, Kavalkevich has kind of reinvigorated her career since moving to American Top Team, so there's that. I don't remember a lot about Belbitsa, so there's that. Um, Richie Lung, the Mongolian murderer, minus 108, Johnny Munoz, 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 uh, minus 112, um, yeah, I don't know, I think this is, I mean, minus 150, I think I agree more to that, and that's still playable chalk, not just from my definition, but with the context of this fight, I know, I know. You'd falling into the trap to bet back Orichi Lang. Well, he was really good to me, and then he got randomly knocked out by Eamon Zahabi. Was that kind of a fluky thing? I don't know, but the problem was it was only four months ago. So I usually like six months between the knockout win uh, losses, um, but sometimes they come back, and that recency bias, although it's not just recency bias, is in the negative connotation that we and I am attaching to it, the shade, if you will. Uh, it's justified recency bias, right? It's head trauma, something we should take seriously. Um, not just as gamblers, but as, as human beings. But yes, as a rule, whether it's for gambling or concern or any of those things, yeah, I like six months, not four. That definitely is a flag. I'm going to keep that same energy and admit that. But Johnny Munoz is not a big knockout puncher. Um, he's, got a, he's got a good jab, but he really hasn't developed a lot of that. His main thing is jujitsu, but he really hasn't developed his wrestling in, you know, uh, a division that has uh, some good wrestlers, at least very good defensive wrestlers, and he's more likely to maybe even do a guard pull. Now, he can be in ugly fights, and the small cage caters itself to an ugly fight, so maybe we get that, but even in that case, we get an ugly fight uh, that goes to decision, and, you know, Arichi Lang, you can you can look at the, uh, the, the round three end of the Jay Perrin fight, like he took more shots even though he was comfortably ahead you don't like to see a guy take those shots and i agree and you could argue even more so when you see what happened to him in his last fight you know so hopefully he took the memo but you know me uh, i was i'm a big fan of these uh these asian fighters that cross train over at the fight ready um orichi lang the mongolian murderer um i think he can do that johnny munoz i know he has two tkos on his career one of them is listed as a KO. It was a half decade ago against some guy named Anthony Zender. The other one is in 2016 against a guy named Gore Manasaki. And these are like King of the Cage. Like, who knows who these people are? That, uh, that's who this guy's record is. 6 and 13. Yeah, uh, there's that. That's who he, who he knocked out. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a Richie Lang all day, any way he wants kind of a deal. And um, you're going to give me down to even money. I got him actually down at minus 105. Uh, I think that's where it was going to tap out, so I just pulled the trigger. Um, just over a unit, 1.05. I did 1.50. That's a unit and a half for Algeo. But for Orichi Lang, it's 1.05 to match the minus 105, so I get a clean one-unit return. 
hopefully, hopefully here. My night won't make or break on it, but, you know, everything counts. Everything adds up. So, uh, I didn't do heavy tape study on that, but I've done, obviously, heavy tape study before on Arichi Lung. And um, from interviews to tape on uh, Munoz before. So, I will admit that, folks. Um, as bad as that is to say, I mean, that's how most people do their plays, if they, whether they admit it or not. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I come clean with it. So, not that I'm telling you guys to tail me anyways, but you know how it is. All right, uh, next fight, if I might. Uh, Kanako Murata, minus 325. Vanessa Demopoulos, plus 260. The line keeps going up. Um, I wanted to pull a trigger on a plus 280 because I feel like plus 280 and above, you, you pretty much have to auto bet. Not just WMMA dogs, lower level. But I uh, was not impressed with Kanako Murata. She's coming off a really long layoff after getting her arm broken by uh, Verna Jenny Droba. And uh, Demopolis will throw herself some kicks. She does have some opportunism and some pop for uh, that division and the WMMA. And um, even though uh, Kanako Murata uh, grappling is her strength, um, the more finishing fighter uh, threat, you could argue, is uh, Demopolis, right? She is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt herself. She is working with one of the uh, two coaches I'm familiar with, one that I'm working with right now for grappling, my guy Bryce Harley, who's worked with everybody from like Claudio Gadelia in the past to others. He's a um, black belt, very active coach at Extreme Couture. Um, and then, of course, Dennis Davis, uh, I believe, as well, unheralded the Piranha, old school, fought Nate Diaz, old school Team Quest guy. Um, and uh, so she's been uh, getting good rounds out here um, in Vegas. Uh, she usually loses by decision. Again, opportunists who are the more finishing threat. you got to balance out somewhere, right? Uh, whereas Murata, she's kind of half and half. Half her wins come by finish and, you know, half by decision. So I think Demopolis is live all day. I'm going to be picking her. Um, part of me wants to just, just, just shoot a play on her. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to, to finish running my my the full comb through this Bobby Green and Grant Dawson fight first, and to be honest, even regardless of that, I I just think I'm I, I'm over budget right now or I'm I'm right on on yeah I mean I'll, I'll be betting just slightly over my seven and a half unit average I'll probably be right at eight units to just above eight units maybe even more we'll see um, probably more actually so yeah I don't know if I want to do that plus. Do I really want to double down? I mean, if you know, um, even though Pfeiffer by submission would make sense, especially if I save myself playing it, I put it in the round robin. But Algio, but round three, of course, you know, I got to play my round round props in the round robin. That was going to be another one. Uh, if I'm limited, or or if you can want to make the argument, do I really need Aljo round three? Look how much I'm already over two units exposed on Aljo. Do I need him in that round robin? If he wins, he's going to pay off for me. He's going to, he could potentially make my night if he wins alone. Do I need him in that round robin? Even though he is so far the one of the more confident plays between both cards for me, you could argue that I don't need him there, right? But even if I do put him there, that still leaves two slots. Again, um, Alex Morono, not sexy enough, uh, the number, and I'm not picking him. Not picking Rick Glenn, but that number is sexy enough, and so is Bobby Green, but maybe I could save that for the off track where I have to have all dogs, right? Uh, but for this one, I got two slots open, and I could already put, I'm already planning to put Vanessa Demopoulos definitely in the round robin. Um, maybe I put Felipe Linz in there as well. Uh, again, there is not a lot that I like on the uh, Morono Buckley fight. 
Uh, Glenn Dober, as far as props go, it's real dangerous to play that game there. Um, and we'll get to the rest of them. I mean, Arichi Langham already kicking for coverage with his money line, and it's really gets real. It gets even real shifty trying to play totals or methods on those fights. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up with Aljo round three, Piper sub, uh, Felipe Linz, and Demopolis money line for the round robin or something like that. But yeah, I would be picking Demopolis not just in Toutmaster, but for my actual pick. Uh, Mateusz Mendonca, Badonka, Badonka, minus 245 with the comeback on Nate Man Ass, baby. Ass to ass. No welcome for a dream. Man Ass. Plus 200. Yeah, I don't like this. Both guys are like bantamweights killing themselves and go down a flyweight, so that's interesting. X Factor. And I don't know if Man Ass's game necessarily needed to go down to flyweight, to be honest. Um, I got to, I haven't watched tape on this one. I got to refresh myself on Madonka. Uh, I'm sure he's favorite for a reason. I'll lean that way. See what I pick on fight day, but I am in no rush to go do tape on this fight or play it, to be honest. Um, all right. Lastly, but not leastly, JJ Aldridge, JJ Aldridge, cast around two for JJ Aldridge plus 124. She is taking this fight on short notice. So she opened as a favorite, perhaps it's short notice, perhaps because it's JJ Aldridge. Uh, the line is completely flipped to Montana De La Rosa is now the favorite, minus 148. Um, I actually am leaning toward uh, Aldridge. Montana De La Rosa has a decent southpaw record, I think, too, to go through as well. I didn't get to do it uh, this week. Sorry, folks. No southpaw report. Three event week. Trying to get everything done. Apologies. But, you know, she lost to Suarez. Granted, she, you know, that was a grappling match. Who's a southpaw? Barber switches stances to be fair, but fights from southpaw. So how do you count that? Got to go back and look at that. Mara, uh, Mara, Morella. Like she fought like most of her, like half her career in the UFC southpaw and half not. So I got to go back to see what part of Mar her career did she fight Mara, Mara, Morella? And if it was even you know, fucking apropos or fucking you know, you know how much it even mattered in the fight. Nadi Castle. Kassim, I think Nadia Kassim, uh, I think she was a southpaw, but she was, you know, not to pick on Nadia Kassim, uh, she was also really terrible, so I don't know how much it mattered if she was a southpaw, you know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, so like, the, you know, I'm not sure about that. What I do know is that De La Rosa is the natural flyweight, even though me and many seem to, I'm glad I'm not alone here, we, we all think she's like a former strawweight because she doesn't look that physical, but she is, she should be bigger than J.J. Aldridge, who used to fight at straw weight and is still, you know, she's not the most athletic girl or the most, you know, sizable girl still. Even though she's got some underrated grappling, I believe she's a brown belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu to go with her black belt in taekwondo. Um, it, I, I still see De La Rosa having the grappling edge. And even at worst, even against better jiu-jitsu fighters, more dangerous jiu-jitsu fighters, and dangerous clinch strikers like Shitara, Myra Bueno Silva. Um, even, even though that, that that shouldn't have been a draw, Shitara beat the shit out of her. Uh, she still was able to make those fights to her credit ugly, right? Um, and JJ, JJ Aldridge, even when she's winning, she feels like a fighter that can just randomly lose, right? Now, she was going against a do-or-die fighter. And again, you know how I feel about those. Uh, when, when the angle is clear, I will take it. And JJ Aldridge cash for us then. But, you know, she also can kind of give fights away too. So we're in the small cage, the bigger slash superior grappler, both in practice and on paper being De La Rosa. 
Yeah, I don't hate the line movement, but the value is absolutely on Aldridge. It feels like it's dog or pass, but I'll go with the superior grappler, the natural flyweight, um, the fighter who is not fighting on short notice in Montana, De La Rosa. All right, how do we do on time before we clean up the chat and recap? Because we still went an hour and 30. Fucking Christ, Dan. You really skipped two recaps and you still ended up that long? Sorry, folks. All right. Um, I'm going to clean up the chat here. Uh, da -da -da -da. Let's see here. James Kendrick. Oh, Diana Belbita. Ghost has a funny clip of Santino DeFranco imitating her striking style. Going to tag you. Please do. I, I, I want to check that out. Um, Rio says in Truesdale, the fight we all want to see is Ghost versus Schwan Hume. <laughs> Those two go after each other for no reason on X, and it's really funny. Really? I didn't notice that. Oh, man. Oh, no. I'm going to close my eyes. I don't want to see my friends fight. Uh, Jin Karasu. Um... Although, uh, you know, I got I got love for uh, Ghost is the Enforcer, baby. Jin Karasu. Oh, it would be great for Kanako Murata to... Oh, would it be great for Kanato Murata to lose? Just because Risen fans keep saying she would have beaten Wei Li in 2018. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, fun fact, Wei Li versus Kanako was made in 2018, but fell through when Wei Li went to the UFC. That's right. Wow, okay. Well, that'll be extra icing on the cake, then. Would it not be... Um, for Demopolis to win. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, Jack Slack Timestamp Project, he says, you are an awesome analyst. Love sending people positive messages because I like seeing people happy. You're the man. I appreciate you, man. That's awesome. I appreciate all you guys. Hit the like button. Uh, appreciate that. Likes ma match viewers. I can't really ask for much more. Positive comments, shares. If you haven't went to iTunes, if you're not an iTunes user, you can. I believe you can still leave like a rating and review. Um, Five-star rating and review, please. I'll read those in the show. Again, click-throughs at MixedMartialAnalyst.com. Go to MixedMartialAnalyst.com. My website, website that supports this year free program. All you do is scroll and perhaps toggle if you're to the right slightly if you're on the mobile. Um, <laughs> fire rises. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, but uh, you can click on your Amazon and you're on it click-throughs and do your shopping at no extra cost and just two extra clicks. No extra cost. Small percentage of your purchases gets kicked back to this here program. We'll read your purchases for Amazon, but it won't tell me who you are, so don't worry about that. Or above those links or in the link tree at Dan Tom MMA on all social platforms. You can find me at the cheeky underscores on Instagram in the link trees. You can find secure PayPal donation links. If you just want to support the show straight up, perhaps improve your karma and luck as I'm wearing the bad luck, bad karma from high dive apparel. Appreciate you guys. Um, so go ahead and do that. Of course, D love shout out to my guy. Use code protect 15. D loves turmeric tonic. Get your code. As I have a sip -a Jimmy Kudo in the house saying, great show, lots of positivity today, love it. I've been trying to, man, I've been trying to. You know, it's all you can do in life, and I appreciate you guys. The least I could do for you guys who support me, I appreciate you guys. All right, recapping picks and plays. Uh, picks taking Usman Nurmagomedov at Bellator over Brent Penis. Brent Penis, Brent Primus, sorry. Taking Cyborg over Kat Zingano. Taking, uh, I wanted to say Alima McFarland, Carmouche, uh, over Alima McFarland, jumping over to UFC. Sorry, everything is a, uh, everything is a bit, uh, jumbled around. I'll get to that last question. Michael Panza, appreciate the new name in the chat. Just for that reason, I'll get to it. I'll squeeze it in the recap here. Uh, but going over to UFC, I am, 
probably taking Dawson over Green, although it's a complete dog or pass unless you're playing like Dawson by sub or Dawson by split decision, decision or something like that. Um, so check me on Fight Day at Dan Tom MMA. My quick picks and prognostications at MMAJunkie.com on Fight Day. We'll have those details and final analysis. Um, I am uh, taking, I don't want to be Joe Pfeiffer, but I will pick Joe Pfeiffer over Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, I'll probably end up picking Buckley over the great white Morono, even though my heart will be with Morono. God, why did I share that weird thing earlier? I will, I will take... Um, <laughs> I will take... Uh, my heart will be with Rick Glenn, but I'll probably take uh, Drew Doba. Tick toys, Drew Doba. Take him as tick toys. Um, over Ricky Glenn, even though it's a dogger pass from there. Uh, Bill Algio, baby. All day, Bill Algio. Give me Algio over uh, Hernandez, uh, a.k.a. Mark Wahlberg from Fear. Um, probably going to take Felipe Linz over Cute Laba, but see if that's for sure, whether it's a, as a pick or a round robin uh, play or not uh, on fight day at Dan Tom MMA. Probably be taking Karolina Kavalkevich over Diana Belbitsa. Again, check me for my final picks and plays uh, Dan Tom, at Dan Tom MMA, the artist formerly known as Twitter on fight day. Uh, taking Richie Long, the Mongolian murderer, over Johnny Munoz. Uh, taking Vanessa Demopoulos over Kanako Murata. We'll probably lean toward Mateus Mendonca over Nate Maness, but again, check me on fight day slash don't take me too seriously on that one. And even though, you know, I got love for JJ Aldridge, I'm going to take uh, Montana De La Rosa, Mama Montana, Mama Times, easy there, over JJ Aldridge. And uh, as far as plays go, Bellator, we got three 1.5 unit plays, folks. A lot, of, a lot of money going out. Hopefully we got some money coming back in. I got uh, Usman Primus under 1.5 rounds at plus 120 for 1.5 units. I am playing Cyborg Kat Zingano over 2.5 rounds at plus 125 for 1.5 units, as well as Sprinkled Cyborg, round 3, plus 550, round 4, plus 700, round 5, plus 700 at .17 you apiece there. Kicking it down to UFC, we got Bill Algio's minus 120, 1.5 units is our play. Hey, stink at me, little tired girl over there. We got a uh, Long, the Mongolian murderer, minus 105, 1.05 units for a unit return. Aljo round three, plus 1300. Aljo round two, plus 750. Scotty Pippins for both of those, 0.33 U Sprint Cows. And uh, for totals in the UFC side, we got Pi Piper Al Hassan over 1.5 at one uh, at plus 165. For one unit may end up just firing on Vanessa Demopoulos if she's still setting at plus 280. And for the round robins, we're leaning toward Pfeiffer by submission. Uh, maybe some Aljo round three, some Demopoulos money line. And uh, maybe we throw the heavyweight in there, the former heavyweight, Felipe Linz, at a measly plus number. Um, if I end up on that side, who knows? Maybe I get cheeky with it and throw Bobby Green in there if I do end up on the green side. Or just even if I don't end up on the green side, I may play him anyways because if Bill Aljo comes through and we're having a good night, again, I'm going to be looking to sprinkle for funsies. Grant Dawson split decision if I can get in the neighborhood of plus 1,000. Bobby Green decision, which I got to imagine is going to be between you know 800, hopefully, plus 800 to plus 1,000 range, somewhere in there. Maybe sprinkle small. 
on Bobby Green rounds three, four, and five. Regardless of what side you're on, that'll help you make you feel alive, baby. Um, that's what I'm looking to target. Uh, of course, I'll post everything at Dan Tom MMA. I'm going to go post my picks after this. Again, I barely had time to eat. Um, I even made time to go see my grandma today. Uh, barely had time to sleep. Uh, even pay myself. Uh, do therapy. I'm, believe me, folks. It's, it's not because I'm being fucking lazy here. So I'll get it up on the Action Network app as I always do. As I always account for. Hopefully you appreciate this free stuff here. Michael Panza says, what's up, Dan? Have you ever been offered any analyst job at Regional Promotions? You're great at what you do. Keep up the good work. I appreciate that, man. Um, hopefully, again, um, if I can get, if I can do good and, and uh, end the year with some extra ducats, I'm going to use it to travel. I'm also going to use it to buy a suit so I can start really putting myself out there and offering these regional promotions and knocking the door down. Let's get me some analyst roles. I will make the former fighters or whoever else is in that booth look good. They can travel off my coattails. Uh, like other analysts who perhaps in the UFC have used my notes and help before, believe it or not. So I'm going to be fighting for my chance. You can either complain about it or get the fuck out and do it. I'm trying to get the fuck out and do it, but I got to get money first. I'm a slave to this capitalistic bullshit. I'm living check to check as well, folks. So let's cash some checks. Let's get some good karma our way. I know the shirt says bad luck, but it's good luck, baby. We're going to turn it around. I'm in a good mood. You've got to notice the positivity because it ain't bullshit. We're pushing through. Rain, sleet, or shine, winning or losing year, I'll be accounting for it. We will be here. Hit that like button at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms. At Dan Tom MMA with the cheeky underscores, underscores for the Instagram. Support the show. Protect your neck podcast at MixedMartialAnalyst.com for all the click-throughs. Five-star ratings and reviews. Shares, likes, it all helps. Tag me. Show the love. Let's get out there. Whatever you do, have at it. Good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect your neck.